Miami went to Milwaukee and pulled off the impossible, eliminating the number one seed Bucks. Another epic comeback in the fourth, going overtime. Big shots from Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, and the Bucks falling apart. This one had it all. A historic, incredible game to cap off one of the craziest playoff series of all time. The Heat are moving on to take on the Knicks, and you're listening to Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And thanks so much to everybody who's tuning in live. We are recording this at 1 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast after the Heat. Beat the Bucks to advance to the second round. Uh, we're still sort of coming down from the high of this thing. Uh, quick recap. Heat down 16 points to start the fourth quarter. Giannis parading to the free throw line most of the game. Chris Middleton just going off. Uh, uh, kind of having that game that everybody sort of expected them to have eventually in this series. But then Jimmy Butler and the Heat did what Jimmy Butler and the Heat have done all series. Jimmy scores 12 straight points. The Heat tie the game with less than a minute to go. And then Giannis and Bambo scored. Game still tied. Chris Middleton, he hits two free throws. The Bucks go back up two with 27.8 seconds to go. Holiday gets fouled. He makes a pair of free throws. Bucks up by four with 14 seconds left. Then Gabe Vincent runs down the court and drills this cold-blooded pull-up three-pointer with eight seconds on the clock to keep the heat in the game, to keep the free throw thing still in play. Holiday gets fouled. He makes one of the two free throws again. And that sets up, David. One of the craziest uh, end-of-game inbound plays that I've ever seen. Gabe Vincent with Giannis towering him, towering in front of him. He actually backs up away from the border of the uh, uh, of the out of bounds area and gets as far to the seats as he po- or as close to the seats as he possibly can, just to create as much room and separation between him and this giant in front of him, uh, and somehow delivers this basically near cross court pass. To Jimmy Butler, who, while falling away and getting pulled down by Pat Connaughton, a lot mm. of contact there, yep. somehow tips it in while falling away from the basket. I have no idea how he got that much touch on it. I have no idea how it went in. The only person who was sure it was going to go in was Jimmy Butler, apparently. Uh, that forces overtime, where the Heat outscore the Bucks 10-8. to 8. The Heat beat the Bucks in five games. The number one seed Bucks were the championship favorites coming into these playoffs. Uh, I know that there was no Giannis for most of the three games. I get it, but the Bucs are still really good. They won a lot of games without Giannis in the regular season. Jimmy Butler was the best player on the court the entire series with or without Giannis on the court or involved. And now the Heat are going to play the Knicks in the second round. That begins Sunday. Uh, we are going to get where to where this Jimmy Butler uh, playoff series ranks among the greatest in, in Heat history. We have a lot to get to there. Uh, we might even talk a little bit about that Knicks series, but David, what did you think was going to happen tonight? I thought it was going to be a, a likely loss. I really did. I, I, You know, Milwaukee has shown tenacity. Giannis had a good game in game four, despite the fact that Jimmy was uh, nuclear and, and still able to carry him to a, a big win. And I, I thought, you know, with another day of rest that he'd come back and, and play effectively the series, that they'd have the home court advantage, as you would expect in the playoffs. A loud crowd. 
getting foul calls in their favor. There was a foul a foul call disparity, a free throw disparity in Milwaukee's favor, but I think that's just also by virtue of the style of which they were playing. Giannis attacking the basket regularly, getting a lot of calls that way. And yet Miami somehow found a way to respond. But to, to, to answer your question, I thought you know Milwaukee would build up that momentum. And I wasn't sure if Jimmy was going to be able to duplicate the success that he had the other night because so much of it was understanding key moments in the game having these kind of momentum shifting plays that steal and dunk uh the, the, the you know the tipped pass uh late in the fourth quarter all those things that worked out perfectly for Jimmy to have that 21 point fourth quarter in game 4 I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to reproduce that tonight especially when they were down 16 it felt like a much larger deficit at that point in time and yet they did exactly what they were what they were supposed to do and 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 still to their credit had to get contributions from everybody else yeah. so I I wasn't sure that they were going to find a way to win. Again, I, I thought it was very unlikely. I thought they would come back in game six and then kind of regroup. Uh, <laughs> they didn't need to. They didn't need to. It was inc- It's an incredible game, an incredible accomplishment. It's historic. The sixth team in NBA playoff history, the sixth eight-seeded team, to come back against a number one seed and to do it on the road in Milwaukee against yep. three all-NBA-level defenders, a deep bench, Numerous pl- proven playoff additions, Jay Crowder, Goran Dragic, et cetera, Joe Ingles, all these different various players that they've added to their roster, and yet none of them had an answer for Jimmy Butler. Unbelievable. Uh, what a fantastic uh, game. One of the best I've ever seen. 42 points on 33 shots for Jimmy, uh, eight rebounds, four assists. I mean, the most important plays of the game, obviously. I really do want to talk about, about Gabe Vincent, but I feel like we would be doing Jimmy Butler a disservice by talking about Gabe right now. But um that you, you mentioned going into Milwaukee and doing yeah. it tonight I think yeah. most people expect look the Milwaukee Bucks are so good they are a good team that team won like what was it 18 straight games during the regular season Giannis was a legit MVP candidate Drew Holiday is going to probably make an all-NBA team Chris yeah. Middleton I know it's been up and down for him but he was, you mentioned some of the, he, was he was great tonight he he, he probably played the best he has all season in this series. I know it was even an up and down series, but like I said, it's been a frustrating year for him. Um, the depth was real, right? Bobby Portis was a six man of the year finalist. Like they You're were really supposed to be the that. deeper team. I, yeah. It, it go, going into the series, like they are a can really I, good I just team. Interrupt? I know he, oh, go Shout ahead. out to you, Donis Haslam for, for psyching Bobby Portis out or doing whatever was necessary. Talking at Bobby, jawing at him and picking up a technical yeah. process. That is the OG right there. Uh, I know a lot of Heat fans are going to be like, the Bucks suck and all this kind of stuff and whatever. But like that no, kind of diminishes what it is that the Heat accomplished here. The Bucks right. are really good, and the Heat beat a really good team. You know what I mean? And so you wins. mentioned how this hasn't happened in a long time. The last time a number eight beat a number seven was 2011. The number eight-seeded Grizzlies beat the number one-seed Spurs. Before mm-hmm. that, it hadn't happened since 2011. The number eight uh, Warriors beating the number one Mavericks. Right. So it's been 12 years since we've seen something like this uh, an eight beat a one it was historic and not just historic in the accomplishment that the Miami Heat did had as a team overall but in what Jimmy Butler did let's get to it now David is this the greatest playoff series a Heat player has ever had all right so before you answer before you answer yeah I've got I've got some I've got some stats all right so this is Jimmy Butler's final stat line for this one 37.6 37.6 points per game on 59.7% shooting, 
six rebounds, 4.8 assists, 1.8 steals. All right. So basically 37 points a game on 60% shooting is what he did uh, in, in five games. All right. So I looked up some of the best ones ever uh, in Heat history. Dwayne Wade, 2006 finals, uh, one you and I covered extensively over the, the, the summer. 34.7 points on 46.8% shooting, 7.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, basically three steals on a block. Uh, Dwayne Wade's probably second greatest uh, series ever, Eastern Conference Finals again, or semifinals against Boston in the 2011 playoffs. 30 points a game on 53% shooting, 6.8 rebounds, five assists, two steals. I'm going to round up on some of these because it's just easier to keep track. Uh, so those are the two Wade ones, all right, against Jimmy. Yep. LeBron. LeBron. 2012 Eastern Conference semis against the Pacers. 30 points a game on 50% shooting, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, almost 3 steals a game. Unbelievable. Just crazy LeBron game. 2012 Eastern Conference finals but against Boston. That whole playoff run was crazy for LeBron. 33.6 points on 53% shooting, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. Then you got Jimmy Butler in the bubble. 26 mm. points on 55% shooting, 8.3 rebounds, almost 10 assists a game, and 2.2 steals. I mean, absolutely low to the box score. Then last year's conference finals against the Celtics, 25.6 points on 48% shooting, 7 yep. rebounds, 3.4 assists, uh, and 2 steals. And then this one, again, almost 37 points on 60% shooting, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and, a, and, and it's almost 2 steals a game. There is a, a real argument that this is the best playoff series a Heat player has ever played, and that's kind of what it would take and what it did take for a number eight seed to beat the number one seed. It's hard to argue against Jimmy at this point. Like, and I, I don't want to feel like a, a prisoner of the moment. And I've seen the argument that, you know, the stakes are somewhat lower here, but again, it kind of feels like it's just diminishing. If you're finding reasons to poke holes in the argument, it's probably because it's just so strong on the surface. The stakes, I understand why you said the stakes are lower because it was the first round versus some of the right. conference finals and finals, but it was an eight versus a one. So the stakes are as high as like, in that con. It would be one thing if no, no, yeah, exactly. Just exactly yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and and not just a number one seat, but like a 68 win team. They were the, they were the titles favorites. People thought Milwaukee was going to cruise through the Eastern conference. He, I mean, Bucks and four was the average prediction. And I know you and I weren't expecting this. Nobody was. Anybody who's claiming that they saw this coming from Jimmy, I think is lying. Like we could expect maybe that Jimmy was going to have <laughs> yeah, a big series. Nobody, yes. Yeah. You could expect maybe like 30 a game. Maybe, maybe. But not, not, not the monster performances that he's seen. And, and but he, and who, you know what? We were wrong. We'll eat crow. I don't care. Serve it up, fried, fricassee, however the fuck you want to. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are moving on. What a glorious goddamn achievement. This is fun times for Heat Nation. I know I should have cursed, but who cares? I'm caught up in the it's moment. Late night. It's late night. Should be, it's yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's locked on heat after dark right here. Yeah, after dark. Um, all right. We will. I want to. Let's do credit cookies because I think it deserves that. And there's so many players that I want to get to and some so many, so uh, many. contributions. Um, but before we do that, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. That's right. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Just like Jimmy Butler. If you got Jimmy Butler, you've got the perfect player. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check to know which part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, 
Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day, every dayers. We're going to be back Friday morning with a preview of this Knicks series. That's going to start Sunday at 1 o'clock, and you know we're going to have a recap after the game on Sunday as well. Um, let's get right to credit cookies, David. It's a heat Why win, not? which means it's time to hand them out. What kind of credit cookies are we going to give out right now? 1 uh, o'clock in the morning. I feel like we need some like munchies, like some some like drunk food or something. Yeah, you know, like midnight cookies. I've talked about it before. It seems yeah. apt since we're past midnight at this point. I don't know what whatever collection of flavors they have there. They've got their chocolate chip, the the cinnamon toast crunch cookie, which was freaking awesome. Um, a couple others that are that were really really good. I can, cinnamon I crunch can't one sounds good. Let's go with cinnamon yeah. crunch. I like that. Yeah, ten cinnamon crunch cookies. All right, ten cinnamon crunch cookies. We're not even going to do ten. We're just going to hand out cookies. I, I don't care about the amounts. <laughs> just go down the line. Nice. You're feeling um, I, it today. You're, you're hyped up. I just, I, I, I can't do the math right now. I just, did, did you just hear all those stats I ran off? Those are as much numbers as the show needs. Um, did we agree, by the way, that Jimmy Butler's playoff was that? Is it the best one? Do we even need to come to a conclusion? Or is it I, enough I think, to sort I think of that's in that context. No, I think that's basically it. Like we're talking about the most complete series again. I, I think from an individual player, just to do everything and against this team with as a subpar roster as possibly you can imagine. Like everybody stepped up tonight. Like if, if, if Wade had put up these numbers and knocked off the Boston Celtics and was it 2010 when they lost to the Celtics, when Jermaine O'Neal couldn't hit mm. the side of a barn and, and you know, that roster was very incomplete before the forming of the big sure. three. If, yeah. if Dwayne had put up these kind of numbers and been able to push Miami past the Celtics, maybe you could give credit to him. But at this point in time, I think you look it's, at what Jimmy did. Historic. It's yeah. historic. If, that's, if, that's, there's no the, way around the points, it. The points and the and the efficiency. It's 37 a game on 60% shooting. Like only LeBron ever got close to that. Uh, when you really look at sort of the Eastern Conference Finals, but he was even like not even this. I think it goes, I think the conference finals with LeBron, given the stakes, not just the fact that it, it sent the heat to the finals that year, but also could have been the end of the big three era as we knew it, right? Uh, reporting yeah. after that being like, if they don't win that series, maybe they trade Chris Bosh, they break it up, experiment failed, all that kind of stuff. Dwayne Wade in the 2006 finals, delivering the franchise its first ever championship on that stage against a really good Dallas Mavericks team. Um, it, I think those are the, uh, like, those are the three. That's like the Pantheon, right? Like those three, this, this one from Jimmy, the LeBron Eastern conference finals against the Celtics, the look and all that. And then LeBron in the, uh, I'm sorry, Dwayne Wade in the 06 finals. That's the Pantheon. It's the all-time greats. You could choose whichever order you want to put it in. As a Heat fan, um, let's get to the cinnamon uh, toast crunch cookies or whatever it was they were. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Gabe Vincent, man. Um, yeah. You know what? Start I'm sorry. Well. Let's put a pin in that. I got one more Jimmy Butler oh. point. I got one more Jimmy oh. Butler point. Let's do it. You mentioned how they were going for the kill in this game. I think it's a really important point because they could have rolled over in game four and just said, you know what? Giannis came back. We're down in the middle of the fourth quarter. They came in in a must-win situation. Hats off to them. Let's go. To, we we could still win this series. We're not worried about it. They come back. They win the series. One of the greatest games we've ever seen in the playoffs ever by Jimmy in in Game Four. We 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 already did that show recap. Um, and in this game, Bucks back at home, down three one. Just sort of the rhythm of the NBA. 
the Bucs win this game. They are supposed to win this game, right? They're an awesome team with an awesome player. They delivered a, a they delivered haymakers in that first half. And yet somehow the Heat kept staying in there thanks to Gabe Vincent, some shot making from other Kyle Lowry and other guys. We're going to get to that in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Cookie credit things. But you get to the end of the game and the Heat rally back like we talked about and to go back to going for the kill. Jimmy Butler coming off of the screen and shooting a three with like 20-something seconds left in the game or 30, 30 seconds left in the game, I think, 34. To go for the – instead of they, – they, they were down two. You can go for two and go for the tie, and Jimmy Butler just right. came off that screen and said, you know what, Brooke is right. playing back a little bit. I've got the three. I'm not saying it was a bad look. But normally the player, especially a player like Jimmy Butler, I know that he was he took 10 threes tonight, which is insane. But it was the Eastern Conference final shot. I mean, it I thought for sure it, it was, was the same shot he took. Like it looked like it was from the same spot that he took it in game. It was seven a little bit further them. to the right, and it was not in semi transition. It was off of an inbounds play, but still, like, yeah, he went for the kill there. And I was like, I you know, I'm I was watching the game on the couch with my wife, and I'm just like, oh, he's oh, he went for the throat there. Oh, he went you know for the throat. You could go you know for the tie. I expected him to just come off of a Bam screen like they ran like every like the last six possessions before that was just Bam and Jimmy screening for each other. Bam facilitating from the high post and just feeding Jimmy coming off the screens at all different angles and all these things. I was like, just do that again. It was working. And maybe you draw the foul and you get three points that way. But he's like, no, nope. he went for the kill there. It didn't work. It ended, he ended up winning, obviously, but. I it was just it was noticeable the mindset of this team and that's how you do what it is that the Heat did. What do you make of Jimmy talking to Drew Holiday? Because I, I a lot of Bucks fans are it. up in arms of it. I don't care. I loved it. I no, care. I know, I know. I mean, I, I don't really because I mean they're emotionally caught up and invested, and that's fine. That's, that's so, they're, they're so going to complain the about fans. everything. I get it. It was the Heat fans were just complaining about the officiating. I, I, I think the there was fine. like an understanding. I I can't recall exactly who it was when it was uh, Zach Randolph, and I, I remember him talking about. At some point, like whenever he matched up with a particular player, he knew that those battles were going to be super physical. And so they always talked to refs beforehand and they told them, don't call a foul unless it's something really, really egregious. Because otherwise, we're just going to be going at each other and attacking each other all night. And so just let us play through it. And the refs, most of the time, wound up acceding to that request. I wonder if something like that took place between Drew and Jimmy because it was physical and there were moments there where Jimmy's like pointing at Drew and talking obvious smacks. But it was never it was never Nick Claxton stepping over Joel Embiid. It was never Nick Claxton standing over Joel Embiid after a dunk. It was always sort of walking away. It was it was within the confines of I think what is allowed in the playoffs. It, nothing was to me that like nothing to me said Agreed. this should be taunting. Yeah, it was never like yeah, outward taunting. It was just yeah. it was just normal trash talk. Look, I, I I'm so over this. Like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Trash talk, like BS stuff. Like Amy Re uh, Angel Reese with Caitlin Clark and they're all the people up in arms over that. And just like, just get over it, man. Like these guys, are, this is what happens. Like if you don't, yeah, I don't. I'm just, I'm just oh, like the excitement. Whatever. Um, let's get to let's get to the credit cookies. Let's talk about there's Gabe so many players. Time. Let's start. Yeah, let's start with Gabe. Uh, huge that, moments. That inbounds play. Were you surprised to see Gabe Vincent being the one to inbounds it? on the one that Jimmy Butler tied the game and sent it to overtime. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he made that same play when they executed something similarly against the Houston Rockets earlier in the year. I don't think he was the inbounder on that. I I, I think it was Kyle Lowry, but it's I'd usually have to Lowry. Check it. Yeah. And Lowry I, was I, on the court for the Heat at that point. He had not fouled it because he fouled out in overtime. I was like, okay, you see the guys kind of walking off the sideline. Spo drew up the play and, and Kyle Lowry just keeps walking. I was like, Perfect where's he pass. going? 
Where's he going? Perfect. Guy. And then Gabe I, Vincent is there. And I'm like, they're gonna. And then you see Giannis step up, and you're like, well, now you obviously switch it out. This is just too much. You know, this is too much for Gabe Vincent. Like at this stage with Giannis in front of him, no way you put it in Kyle Lowry's hands. And I said no. And Spo trusted, and his teammates trusted Gabe Vincent. And to deliver that pass, it, like, I don't know, man. Like that was the execution on that. Courageous, like daring. And, and kind yes. of sidearm through it, like Brett Favre almost, just sort yeah. of just it made no sense. Like it defies, it defied physics, and somehow it landed in Jimmy's hands. And look, credit to Jimmy, he had to position himself. But as he's jostling for position with Pat Conton, and you could say that maybe he fouled Conton, but Conton probably fouled him as well. It was just physical as they were trying to fight. Or I'm glad they let him fly there. there. Yeah, he caught the ball and he's falling down, and somehow. Chucks it up. I don't think it even clanked off the backboard. It just kind oh. of dribbled gently over the rim and fell through with 0.4 seconds left in the game. Unbelievable moment. Like that that pass then, from Gabe. Incredible. And then before but, that, before yeah. that, two huge plays, right? The three uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The three-pointer. And yeah. the three-pointer that we already talked about, cold-blooded, going down. I mean, what did, what did Gabe end up? We haven't even read his box score. I mean, he was awesome. 22, 22 points, points on 9 of 23. 23. Yeah. Second yeah. most shots on the team. Uh, and the six assist, he, he was, was aggressive. awesome. He was the, aggressive the other assist he had time. after Bam fouls out in overtime, that important inbounds play, all the Bucks follow Jimmy Butler to the corner. Cody Zeller uh, goes straight down the lane, and Gabe Vincent has the patience not to just freak out and throw it to Jimmy. He has the patience to wait for Cody Zeller to make that cut and, and just yeah. feeds him the easiest dunk of his career in overtime in an, an elimination game. Uh, he was unbelievable tonight and and i'll go back to it man to do it in front of Giannis against the bucks in milwaukee in milwaukee it that takes cojones man it takes the shit spot that we were always talking about he's got that dog in him like that sure. that stuff is hard man sure. like I, you can't sure. overstate it yeah i like look, we're gonna take some heat no pun intended for our our Lack no, of we'll, faith we'll, in we'll the talk heat. about that. I want to get to that later when we get to the listener questions because there's enough okay. people talking. Let, let, All right. Let's put it in there. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. So, first, so just talk about Gabe. Fantastic performance. Big wanna... shots. Uh, uh, you know, some people were critical of him for taking too many shots, but the shots were falling for the most part, and he was aggressive. And it was the kind look, we made that in same this point game or the series, team. people critical of him. Of him tonight in particular, because he was really oh, okay. aggressive early on. He finished nine to 23. Not fantastic. But it's good, it's solid, and still, again, it was a big part of Miami's offense. Is why they've looked so slow and so sluggish. Is yeah. because they just don't take a lot of shots. They're always looking for the right pass or the the right cut or you know the right open shot. But we've seen even when they get to the rim, sometimes they toss it out for a three pointer, and a lot of Heat fans lament that shot selection. That's why they take less shots yeah. than any team in the league tonight. He was aggressive. Nobody else was taking those shots. 12, so go 12, for it. Twelve. Well, somebody else was Kevin Love, and I want to. Talk about him yes. too. 12 three pointers for Gabe, 11 for Kevin Love, 10 for Jimmy Butler. The Heat took 45 threes overall. And when the free throw discrepancy is what it was, the Heat made 11 free throws in the game. The Bucks made 28. So you're talking about a 17 point discrepancy just from the free throw line. Yep. Um, the way that you make up for that, and then Giannis just being um, unbelievable every time he was in the paint, and then oftentimes getting that foul call. Um, the way you make up for that discrepancy is, and the rebounding discrepancy that definitely existed, is taking 45 three-point attempts. So the Heat finally kind of got to that part of their yeah. game. Uh, they had to be aggressive, and you could tell they were sort of hunting them. Like they're they like, you know what? Yeah. Is if there is if there's a little bit of daylight, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna toss it up there. Um, the fact that Duncan only took 
two three-pointers and Max only took four and they still got yeah. a 45 three-point attempts is wild. I would love to see Jimmy Butler take maybe not 10. Seems like a lot, but like six to eight a game like next season would be great. I don't know. I But I know that's playoff Jimmy. Anyway, it's not, it's Gabe Vincent's awesome. Lots of credit cookies to him. Let's talk about Kevin Love. We mentioned him already. The biggest thing from Kevin Love to me, the back-to-back threes in the fourth quarter, the first one to tie the game, uh, and the next one, or no, the first one to take the lead and the next one to make that lead six points. Yep. Um, unbelievable from him. In at the end of the game, basically until he fouled out, we've not seen Kevin Love close a whole lot. Not once yeah. in these playoffs. Was not he the was best Caleb Martin game, even though he had his moments in overtime. Yep. Um, but Kevin Love was tremendous. I thought that he was taken advantage of a, a, a few times defensively, but for the most part, really solid. Out his own. Like really solid, and his rebounding Out was really own. important too. Twelve rebounds. Yeah, I, I I'd say looking ahead, and I know that we're, we're saving it. I think he could match up with Mitchell Robinson too, so I wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, rebounding is going to be really important from him. Yeah, so that's a that's a big thing to consider. But tonight, like let, let's focus on this, like his shot making, just his overall presence. Uh, he had a, a block too in a pivotal moment. <sighs> Stepping yep. up, man, like 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 he had his best shooting night as a member of the Heat and the game that mattered the most. And, and, and you cannot discredit his experience, his championship experience, his pedigree, his, his just confidence in the moment. And, and that's something that I don't know that we expected as an X factor to the series was his, you know, comfort in these moments. He's been to the finals. We kind of all you know, disregard that because he was the overlooked member of the that big three in Cleveland. But he's been to the finals. He knows what it takes to win these playoffs. There's more games finals experience than anybody on the roster other than Udonis Haslam. Anybody in the rotation, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just incredible performance from him. Really, really big game, and uh, yeah, I, I just I think he's going to find a way to be a factor throughout the rest of the series. I mean, the playoffs, however long it lasts from Miami, I think he'll be a, a, a key rotation player moving forward as well. He should be. I think he's earned it. Um, Bunch yeah, of I, I think that as well. I don't think there, there's a. Uh, I'm sorry. Bunch of cookies for him as well. Oh yeah, a bunch many... of cookies for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody gets a bunch today. You get a bunch. I get a bunch. We all get bunches. Just bunches of cookies. Like you just get full baskets like they give you at parties. I don't not parties that I go to, but like fancy parties. What parties do you go to with baskets of cookies? I don't know. Have you heard about this? I don't know. Your your wife has been telling you stories that are true, Wes. I'm sorry. (laughs) There are no baskets of cookies. That that has nothing to do with this podcast. But um, (laughs) Bam Adebayo, let's talk about him. So nursing this left hamstring that's been bothering him. Yes. Pretty much all series, at least the last several games of the series. Yes. Um, he's he, he's undergoing treatment around the clock. He says he's like in the in the facility like three or four times a day, just getting people looking at it, working on it, all this stuff. And it makes sense when you look at it's not an excuse, you know, whatever. I'm not I'm not one of the players, so I'm not I can't. It's an excuse and it's a good one. Right. For for why it's a reason, in other words, why he's been shooting so poorly. And when you watch him. He doesn't have that same explosiveness around the basket. He doesn't have the same lift on those mid-range jumpers. Obviously, the hamstring's bothering him. But I think defensively, his, his contributions have been overlooked this entire series. I thought defensively, he was incredible tonight. He was the only actual guy doing anything against Giannis without fouling him. Uh, and even though he still only shot 8 for 20 tonight, he ended up with 20 points. He had 10 rebounds. He had 10 assists. He had a triple-double. And I mentioned it earlier, David, but in that, in like that final stretch of the fourth quarter... The Heat found something that was working with Brooke Lopez dropping off of him. Um, Do you know what, what Giannis' having... stat line was in the fourth? Mm. One of nine. 
one of nine Wasn't in the fourth quarter point. of a clutch game. You know, I why? wonder if he was bothered. Damn remember that he, he took that really tough fall and it seemed to be bothering him. I'm not really, I can't remember. Exactly he was, he was plotting his way to the rim. Like, I mean, he, he was doing Giannis things and, and just exploding. Look, I know the injury was a factor. I'm not stupid enough to discount it altogether, but that doesn't also change the fact that he was doing everything that we've seen him do over the course of his career and through the regular season, taking those five he only steps. Had one free throw attempt. The rim. Yeah, he only had one free throw attempt in the entire second half plus overtime. Yeah. I, so like, something, I maybe it was the back that was, because he wasn't as aggressive in the second half. Like, I actually didn't, look. Nine field goal attempts in the, in the first half. He was aggressive. He sure. just, those shots weren't falling. I think that was bam. Like, it was all bam. Like, yeah. well, I, we can wa- rewatch it tomorrow and, and, yeah. and kind of pick nits there. But uh, I, to be honest with you, I really just think that Bam did a fantastic job locking him up, meeting him at the point of contact, denying him the entry pass, yep. forcing him out of the paint a little bit, doing fantastic Bam out of bio defensive things. And yeah, the, and the offensive was a struggle. I think a big 13, part of that was the injury. Yeah, he his was like the flip side of Giannis, right? Like he couldn't get it yes. going in the first half, and then he had 13 points in the second half. But we've seen overtime. that from him throughout the series. Like that's the second half for him. Third, fourth quarters, he usually has a couple buckets here and there against Brooke. He kind of figures out the timing, gets a little bit more comfortable. It's like, okay, yeah, I can get this shot. And he had a couple big. He had a big uh, dunk in the in the uh, overtime as well. So keep. Him he had a huge dunk in overtime. Uh, that, that tip dunk too. And I'm yeah. gonna like he had he had this. He finally got one of those mid range shots to fall in that. In during that final stretch in the fourth quarter, and it like I, I I actually said it out loud. I didn't tweet it, but I said it out loud. I was like, he's gonna have to make one of these mid range shots because Brook Lopez was playing so far off yep. of him because he wasn't taking it. He like after that rough first half, he's like, I'm just not gonna take it. And so he was doing a lot of the facilitating work from there. And Jimmy Butler, again, those twelve straight points equal credit going to Bam for those because like Jimmy just kept coming off of a Kevin Love screen, right? And then, or, or somebody else, but a lot of times it was Kevin Love. And on a different angle, either we'd go to the three-point line or we would go under and cut to the basket baseline or we kind of come across on that Iverson cut kind of right near the free-throw line. And Bam was just like, all right, you're going here, boop, you're going there, bop, got, you're going there, I got you. And he just kept finding Jimmy and just feeding Jimmy. And Jimmy kept getting on the, on the move, yeah, getting easy buckets. pass, yeah. It was great, great passes. And then eventually the Bucks kind of tightened up on it. And, I, and, I kept, and, the, and when he was doing that is when I said, Bam's going to have to make one of these mid-range shots at some point for the Heat to win this game. And like a minute later, Bam just pulled like the 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 Bucks tighten up on it, and then Bam hit it goes for that for that that mid range jumper, and it kind of goes around the basket, and finally kind of goes in. He gets the shooter's roll on it. Um, he was awesome defensively. He was great. It was a shame that he fouled out. The foul call on him, it, I think it was a ridiculous. foul. Oh, you I, thought it was ridiculous? He, he kind of moved little... into Middleton. Yeah, but it, it, again, there were so much. Oh, no, I'm, think, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Kevin Love one. I'm sorry, the Kevin Love one. Was yeah, that he fouled. Yeah, there was one. so much physicality, and then it just felt like it felt like you know it was incidental contact of the lowest kind, and there was so much physicality on all on every possession from both sides of the ball. Right. Whether you're denying the, the entry pass or whatever, or you're trying to keep them from getting the position, like. Both teams were extremely physical because that's just how Miami plays in general, and we'll see that in the next series against the Knicks as well. So uh, you know, that's gonna be a physical series too. Um, oh yeah, low scoring. It's gonna be back to the '90s, baby. Getting back to Bam fouling out. Spo going with Haywood Highsmith at the end there. Great move, Highsmith locking up Drew Holiday under the basket at the end there, uh, and then the big uh, was it Drew Holiday? Yeah, it was. No, I can't remember who it was, but the big stop at the end there for Haywood Highsmith, which uh, ended up sealing the win and the series. So. Um, credit cookies galore, man. Like everybody gets them. Kyle Lowry gets them. Uh, Max Truce with the block that he had at the yes. end there, where he's smiling. Yes, the, yes. Uh, it was unbelievable. 
Um, everybody's getting cookies. They're going to Caleb Martin coming in after a bad yes. game, comes in in overtime after Lowry fouls out. And then I actually think it was kind of a, I thought Lowry was starting to lose a little bit of gas and Caleb Martin did. did not play for most of that fourth quarter. I actually, up. in my notes, I have it written like good thing that Lowry fouled out because Caleb comes in, plays great defense on Drew Holiday to force a miss under the basket and then got a huge rebound a little bit later. Like, like uh, Caleb Martin gave you some good minutes in overtime. So um, yeah. it all worked out. And then Spo just pulling all the right strings, hitting the right buttons, pulling the right levers. Uh, awesome coaching job by him in the uh, mid game where things were kind of crazy. And then having that challenge at the yes. end, there was a few calls that he could have challenged earlier. Oh, yeah. He had that huge challenge at the end that they ruled Lowry with that, that, that foul. Bad, bad decision by Budenholzer, right? To, to, to elect to challenge that was call. crazy, dude. Like the first and, four and Giannis wasn't the even in foul trouble. Yeah, Giannis wasn't even. He picked up four fouls all game. He's not going to get those calls against him. And even if like, you I get it overturned, who cares? It's the first four minutes of the game. Like, congrats. Like, yeah, he's just cares. trying to avoid picking up five over the next few. It's like, yeah. Um, I, I, so yeah, very bizarre. Uh, we'll get to your questions next. Uh, and, and and I guess we can try to eat some crow, David. You and I were, are being accused of being doubters, haters, not believing, letting go of the rope. <laughs> we'll address that in the next segment. But first, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta Groceries. School shopping and getting a little something for yourself. Well, you know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? You can make all your standard purchases and then just use Ibotta to get a little cash back. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip because you get cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to party goods. You either link your loyalty account or you upload your receipt, uh, your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. I had no idea, but my wife has been doing it for months before we even started these ads reads. She's been getting cash back. She loves it. She swears by it. Now she tracks down every receipt like it's their job. And it, it's fulfilling because you get money back. If you're going to be spending money anyway, and we all do at some point or another, why not get cash back for those purchases? So go to Ibotta right now. They're offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you get when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. All right. Well, thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Uh, YouTube, podcast, everybody tuning in live. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere. Like, subscribe, all those things. And thank you if you already do. Um, so in, <laughs> we came into this series. And David, I'll give you credit. You've always been much higher on this Heat team than I have. You've been sort of just waiting for them to turn this around. And I basically wrote this team off after they lost to the Hawks in the playing tournament. And if we're both being honest, probably a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. So, um, and then I will say congratulations to Eric Spolster for his 100th uh, playoff win. We just got a remark about that. Good got, good job keeping uh, track of the Absolutely. records there. Um, I don't think that that's so I, – I, I stand by it. I, I don't think I've, I'm sorry for writing off this team. They played – like, they were guard. They were not – they were a sorry, frustrating after team. After their game two. Yeah, during the regular their game season. Two loss. And they it lost – easy to pile up. Yeah. Well, and then, and then they lost to the Hawks in the playing tournament. Oh, and then after sure. the game two – like, I – they gave me no reason in the regular season to believe in them. So if you if you believed in them, great. And I mean you and the general you. I'm not talking to you, David, necessarily right here. But, like, if you as a fan wanted to fan out and just believe in this team, awesome. Like, keep that rope in your hands. Keep believing. I give you all the credit. All, I also – I'm i a fan of the Miami Heat. I'm also a media member. And I, and I, 
I've had a hard time sort of towing both lines over the last few years. And I think where sure. I come down on it is I generally, and look, I was like this growing up. I'm always a pessimistic fan. Blame the Miami Dolphins. I'm a pessimistic fan of the teams that I root for. Okay. That's where I am. Yeah. I got no guts. CB zero. Good job. West, no guts. I have no guts. I have no guts as a fan. I have zero guts as a fan, but you know what? That's how I was raised is to have no guts. Okay. So <laughs> it's been working for me. I'm going to stand by it. It makes the highs that much higher. Um, it's fine. It's great. It's a good win. Uh, but I also want to cover the team objectively and that's part of it, right? If you want to just yep. get hyped up and, and just gas up your team, go on Twitter, man, go on Facebook, go on Reddit. Like, there's plenty of other podcasts that do that kind of thing. It, it, can, I, can, can I, you know, can I push back on that a little bit? Because how many people were telling us throughout the whole season See, when I was being you know, optimistic at times, telling me, David, you're smoking crack. This team's a first round out. They're a play in team. They suck. This was, in, in February and January and December, these were our fans. You know, plenty of people on both sides saying this team was terrible. And and my thought process was, you know what i I've seen which playoff Jimmy can do. I know that the rest of the team has struggled with their shooting for the most of the season, and yet all the pieces are still there. Like they were so good last year. That's what made this team so hard to even analyze throughout most of the regular season. Like you and I have. I've been really challenged by this team, as have every other. I always said I have no reporter. idea if this. I have no idea if this team is good because they were missing so many open shots. It was like they execute things well and get shots that you'd want to get to, and then they miss them. And I was like, is this team just not talented enough? And look, I have no idea what's going to happen against the Knicks. I have no idea. I'm not ready to make any kind of prediction. I gotta go look at it. Um, but look, we. I think people are here. You're not alone, Wes. Look, I like it. I like it. Okay. Whatever. That's enough. I don't, I, I, I hate, you know, I hate doing this because most of the people that comment that kind of thing, it's a, it's a vocal minority. I think people do appreciate the show for the reasonable object, uh, reasonable yeah, takes that we try to provide. Uh, yeah. And we're not just gassing up teams and saying that you're going to win everything. Everybody else sucks. That's not, that's not a podcast. And that's not frankly interesting at all to talk about, no. but no, I, 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 I also I, I don't think, think right. people like to listen to this. Uh, us just kind of say, Oh, we're, we're right. We're wrong. Whatever. Nobody cares. Um, <laughs> no, I think they do. I think I, I think a lot of people want to point out the fact that maybe we had doubts. And and look, if anything, that is the concurrent theme I think throughout all, this whole conversation after the tonight's win is that what make that's what makes tonight's win this series, Jimmy's playoff performance, that much more special. Is that people should have doubted him? Like there was no reason to expect that this series would turn out the way it did. ESPN. Every single analyst, people that love this game, have played this game, cover this game fanatically, religiously, all predicted Milwaukee would win for good reason. They were the number one seed. That's what makes this team so special, this yeah. performance, this series, is That's that right. they defied the odds. They've done something that very few teams have done. Six teams in NBA history have done this. An eighth seed and a play-in tournament eighth seed to go in there Taking on a 68 win team, I mean, that's that's a did incredible. They, did they tank the play in game against the Hawks so that they could be the no. eighth seed no. and make history? No, I think they just no. had a bad game. I think that was just they that did. Was they the got crushed on the, the boards series. and the Hawks played great. Yeah. Uh, do you like this nickname for Jimmy Butler, Jim Wick? Uh, I am not a fan of the uh, the movie franchise, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. So you, you don't dislike it. You just haven't gotten around to watching it. I haven't. It. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. I haven't. 
What about James John Bond? Wick series came what like about, what about when did the Bond? first John Wick movie came out? I don't know. Even oh, know uh, I have no idea. Pre-COVID, uh, they're great. Yeah, okay. definitely, I'll definitely pre, way pre-COVID. It's probably okay. I don't know. I'm gonna guess like seven years ago, but I could be totally okay. wrong. I have no. Right. Idea. I'm. I have really bad. You're making like, up kind of recall right. on that stuff. Uh, yes, I am. Um, yes, this is wine in my glass. Um, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why not let's do it this is a, a special moment it's, that's this is what makes covering basketball so much fun like i i know it's been really um easy uh and, and kind of just something that for for a lot of fans on social media and you get you get uh former basketball players talking about narratives narratives like narratives are some kind of dark evil entity that lurks under your bed at night and, and just comes in and puts bad takes into your brain while you're sleeping and fills your dreams with nightmarish visions of uh, X player. But the stories of basketball are what drive all of us. We love statistics. We love breaking down plays. We love breaking down rotations and off season transactions and everything else like that. But Everyone here, like there are 400 people watching this show right now or close to 400 people watching this show right now at 1.50 in the morning because you all love fucking basketball. And this is what makes this game special is seeing performances like this. Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat, telling Milwaukee, you know what? Screw your first seed. Screw all that. Screw your MVPs and your Defensive Player of the Year awards and your all-NBA teams. We have 18 goddamn undrafted players in our roster, and we're still going to come cram it down your throat. That's the goddamn Miami Heat, uh, baby. That's the excitement. You got to feel it. You got to feel it, at least for one night. Tomorrow I'll be chill, but right now I'm excited. Uh, I was standing up in my living room for the last, whatever, 30 minutes of whatever. It just felt like forever with all the free throws. Um, that Yeah, incredible Heat win. Uh, we could start to put a bow on it uh, if we want. Um, <laughs> David. They like to. Um, all right. You know what? That's probably a good place to end it if we want. Um, <laughs> we did have this. No, you know what? I don't know. I feel like that's that would be a jinx. This is a good question Time... for, for tomorrow's game. Who will be the X Factor against the Knicks there? Yeah, you know what? Let's tie a bow on this one. Awesome eat win. This is one of those wins where I, I, I mentioned before. I've had a hard time sort of like balancing like like the media thing and the fan thing. And one of the reasons I wanted to come back and, and cover the Miami Heat was because I wanted to, and I never wanted to lose that fan part. I never wanted to lose it as sort of an objective media member. This was one of those games where I was fully in. I stopped taking notes for the last six minutes because either <laughs> yeah. the Heat were going to lose. Right. And I know why. And I already knew why they were going to lose. If they lost this game, it was clear why. Uh, they didn't make enough shots. The free throw disparity was too large. The rebound disparity was too large. Those last few minutes, I already knew it. So I, I stopped taking notes. And if they were going to win the game, it actually didn't even matter how they won or why they won. All that mattered was that they won, right? And so I just stopped taking notes. I was standing up, pacing in my living room, going crazy, uh, clapping, slamming the table. Like, that was fun, man. Like, that was a yeah. fun game to watch. And that, and to your point, yeah, that's why we do this. That's why you and I are in sports. It's why we, we felt passionately enough to do this podcast in the first place. And that's why we're here. And, uh, and man, that locker room's gotta be so hyped right now. Goddamn right. 
Goddamn right. And well-earned. Like, with all the doubters, with all the challenges of the season, with all the struggles and people talking about blowing it up and tanking and, you know, throwing away the trade-ins, uh, the play-ins so you could get uh, the 14th pick in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So oh, right. You and people. I never bought into that. That was That's stupid. Yeah. I never believe in that. You never tank uh, a chance. Yeah, to, losing to, breaks, for, losing. Absolutely. For a 14th or for the for whatever, the 14th pick in the draft. Who cares? Um <laughs> If you, no, why? Like, if you're gonna tank, tank. Like, do it from the beginning of the year. Just tank. Right. You know, right, just do right. it. Commit. Right. You know, don't change your mind in the last week of the season. Um, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah. Uh, Heat Knicks. <laughs> it's happening, David. Sunday, one o'clock. We are gonna have a preview of you uh, of that for you on Friday morning. We're gonna spend uh, all day. I guess today it's two o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Uh, yeah. All day today, kind of looking at that series, what the Heat need to do to win that series and keep uh, this incredible run alive. We're going to have that for you on Friday. We'll have a recap of game one for you Sunday, immediately after that game that's going to be happening at Madison Square Garden. Heat Knicks, David, man. This is great. <laughs> we haven't had this since the awesome. 90s. Hey, Heat fans better buy those goddamn tickets when they're at the Caseya Center. I don't care about what excuses about traffic or anything like that. If you're watching or listening to this podcast right now, you buy those tickets. I don't want to go to another goddamn Knicks game where 50% of the crowd is wearing Knicks blue. I don't want to hear another red-faced asshole Knicks fan with too many rum and cokes in his system cheering for Julius Randles and his crap-ass shots. You buy those tickets. I don't care. I'll pay for them. Whatever it takes. Get there to the Kaseya Center. Support your Miami Heat, baby. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>